Hello, you amazing people out there. Welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm your host, Angel, with Phil Pepe. Good morning. What's going, going on, Philly uh, Phil? Oh, nothing much. Nothing much. Start to a new week. Uh, it, new, new comics on the horizon, but something special today. Yes, I, I normally hate Mondays, but today is a special day. So this is uh, episode 36. And it has been a while, right, since we've done a, uh, an indie comic creator spotlight. Today we have a special guest by the name of Grant Stoy. Say hello, Grant. Hello, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how how you doing, Grant? Good. I'm so sorry about that. Guys. No, dude. It's oh, a, listen, I, I, I loved it. I loved it. Now I'm outnumbered by two cheesy guys, so this is this is going to be fantastic. All right, uh, Grant uh, is a writer. And he has some stuff that we're going to be talking about later on that he's going to be promoting that's coming up in January. So we're really excited about that. We've got sort of a sneak peek at uh, some older issues, but he's moving on to some uh, newer stuff, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. So, so Grant, so as we always like to start, we kind of kind of want to just get some uh, background on you. So uh, I see that you're a writer. So let's talk about your, your influence uh, or your introduction into the, the comic world. When did that happen? Oh man, uh, I distinctly remember first getting into comics when I was, and I kid you not, like about three years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were visiting my grandparents, and my grandma got me Secret Wars number eleven. Ooh. Oh my gosh! All right, wait, stop right there. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this is a footnote to what he's going to be talking about. If you've not read Secret Wars ever, and you're going to try to read it now, don't, because you won't make it through. This is 80s comics that was nothing. It should have been a novel because it was more prose than anything else. Oh, there, yeah. there is a novel, a novelization of it, actually. I believe that, there that is one. <laughs> but all right, so, but all kidding aside, great Doctor Doom story and, and Avengers and X Men all mixed in together. But and that's when we get um, Spider Man's black costume, right? Exactly. Hell yeah, exactly. it is. Yeah, cool. All right, keep now, going. Did you, did you think it was unfair for your grandmother to give you the 11th issue of the 12-issue series as the first uh, comic you read? Well, thankfully, at the time, I was a very illiterate three-year-old. I was just nice. like, Spider-Man looks rad. Hulk mm. looks rad. Wolverine looks rad. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, like, just... Honest to God, seeing the, the Spider-Man and the Wolverine from that issue, I'm like, what is this? Because mm. at the time, I, I'm totally just going off of shit because uh, it's been, what, 37 years now? So I'm mm. not sure what's me remembering and what is just like what I wish happened. Mm. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. Comparing that kind of stuff to the Super Friends cartoon, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this can be so much more dynamic and rad. And look how angry Wolverine is. And... Something about, I think it was the X-Men, just kind of got me in the comics. I started buying from there, and it's been a pretty lifelong uh, pursuit, except for like a four or five years uh, little time off because of uh, the Clone Saga, if we can harken back to more <laughs> shitty comic, gang, comic arcs. Now, were you always like mainstream comics, or have you ever done any type of independent comics? Well, that's the thing. Uh, when I was uh, pre-teen, teen, it was all like big two stuff, and mm-hmm. that's all I was exposed to aside mm-hmm. from uh, when Archie Comics had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle IP. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I distinctly remember when all my favorite Marvel dudes were like, "We're gonna start Image," and I was like, "You're gonna what?" <laughs> and they came out with those sweet ass looking issues with the digital coloring and the paper quality, and it kind of showed me what comics could be. 
But again, you go through that clone saga as a Spider-Man fan, and you're like, I don't want anything to do with anything anymore. Hey, didn't we get Ben Riley out of that? Yeah, yeah, Ben Ben Riley is is actually back as Spider-Man. Uh, I know. Current comics. So. As the world turns, right? Uh, yeah, because because everything old is 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 fodder for new stories. So. <laughs> well, you know what? You got to do something for every generation, right? Sure. Yeah. So that's like every ten years or whatever it is. All right. So now, so what are you reading these days? Oh my gosh! Uh, right now, just obviously scouring Kickstarter because that's where you can get the most. Yeah, I feel like the most pure creative stuff because there's no there's no corporate overlord that you have to appease to, like no smaller publisher that's gonna be dictating what you can and cannot do. I yep. like Kickstarter books are amazing. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what I go to the shop for, like anything Ram V does right now, like that Swampling mm. Run is just in- mm. incredible. Yeah, um, oh, Ron V. Yeah, he did. Um, what's that? The Many Lives of Layla Starr as well, right? Yeah, and uh, Ra- Radio Apocalypse is his, uh, his new yep, one that yep. we, uh, we really liked. So oh, check that yeah. one out if you haven't yet. Yeah, and like uh, his These Savage Shores, I feel like is the new God mm. Country in terms of just being such an amazing story and such a great jumping off point for his mainstream stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, God Ooh. Country was actually really great. That's uh, Donny Cates, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, so you're a writer by nature. How'd you get into that? Uh, there is a certain point in my life where I realized my art wasn't getting any better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like I've always enjoyed writing, uh, whether it be in high school and in college, uh, I kind of jumped more into it. They offered me a, a a column at my college newspaper and I was like, what do I have to write about? I'm like, well, you can start with album reviews at first and then if that goes well, just whatever you want. Okay. Let's try this. There, I actually worked. Are you guys in the Grand Rapids area? Uh, no, we're, no, you're north of us. Yeah, we're but, we're in uh, New Jersey. But funny oh, enough, okay. yeah. So funny <laughs> enough, my partner of Amazing Action Comics, he's from uh, Michigan. And where is he yeah. from? Yeah, uh, Justin. I think he's from the. Yeah, Grand Justin Bartz. Yeah, like how yeah, he's. Uh, we are friends uh, with a mutual guy named Drew McCarthy. Okay. Uh, so that's how I got to know Justin's work. But yeah, like in Grand Rapids, I ended up working for M Live, uh, doing some high school sports reporting. Nice. Um, there I did uh, some Detroit Tigers fan blogging stuff at, uh, from oh, a cool. Sports Illustrated subsidiary. And then that got me hired into iHeartMedia. So for the longest time, I was doing sports stuff. Like that's just what I did. Huh. Cool. Eventually. Very cool. Yeah. And so then you made the leap into comics when and how? Oh, God, I wish it was a smooth transition. Uh, so my wife uh, got offered a dream job at this school slash camp that we'd been working at on and off for like 10 some, some odd years. So we moved from Grand Rapids to Traverse City area in Michigan, and there was just nothing for me to do. So I'm just mm. taking these little jobs to supplement her income and stuff like that. And uh, in November of 2019... I actually got fired from working at a bank. and Not robbing it, right? <laughs> okay. But if, if only, geez. <laughs> but yeah, just working at a bank was super shitty and I hated it. So it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise. Uh, where I, I went to uh, the Grand Rapids Comic Con, I actually met with a couple industry people. And I was like, hey, I'm thinking of getting seriously into comics. And they gave me some great advice. And from there, I started... Uh, just writing my own stuff and hooking up with um, Alaire and Tobin Rossico. Mm. Who Alaire does the the 
the line work in SideQuest, and Tobin does uh, the design and, and the lettering. And we huh? kind of made this book together, and we got the first one funded as <laughs> like when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty proud of that, uh, that people still wanted to buy our book, even though the world was ending. <laughs> um, <laughs> and since then, it's, I don't know, the reception has been really good, and we want to keep going, and there's just some cool stuff on the horizon for SideQuest, and... No, yeah. that that that's great. Yeah, be, I, and I want to definitely talk to you about um, your teammates and stuff like that. Oh, but sure. be, go, before we get there, um, your process, can you kind of – because we have people that are kind of new into the creative space as okay. well. So people that are looking to actually start to create um, or looking to do something on Kickstarter for the first time, they don't realize how much work goes behind their creation mm-hmm. starting from point A before they even get to Z, even putting it on Kickstarter – um, to get support from people. So sort of talk about your process when it comes to writing comics, because writing for a newspaper is completely different from writing a comic, and writing for a screenplay is different from writing from a comic as well. So what are some of the things that you learned, found challenging along the way when it came to writing for comics? Oh, God. Uh, writing sports and journalism, it's the inverted pyramid style, where all the, the stuff that you that grabs the reader's attention and happens at the start of the story mm-hmm. yep. and just kind of weans down towards the end where it's like, yeah, and you can find this stuff here and blah, blah, blah. And then, mm. uh, so doing comic stuff, it's like that pyramid has to be chopped up. Like you can't have the big moment at the front of the issue or you've blown your whole load and who wants to finish that? Right. So I had to learn how to kind of structure an issue from a good, a solid opening into how to keep the story moving through how many panels you're choosing per page and be cognizant of page turns and yep. all this other stuff. And man, I bought a ton of books on how to do it. I mm. asked so many questions of so many different creators. Um, eventually I kind of found my own style where it's a combination of how I approached writing sports stories and how I make comics, which is I'll come, come up with a, an idea, like a premise of some sort, and then to start taking notes on things I would like to incorporate within that. And after you have uh, maybe like a beat or two, mm-hmm. start working on an outline, kind of fleshing out that outline. And then the hardest part is obviously writing the first draft because it's going to be shit. No one's a survivor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really tricky because you have to find people that you trust to look through it and be like, what do you like? What, what do you not like? What could get better? Right. And I cannot stress this enough for people that want to start making comics is look into hiring an editor. Mm-hmm. They, can help you your storytelling exponentially yeah well and you mentioned something really interesting because most people in this industry especially when they're starting out they want perfection Mm -hmm. in what they're Mm -hmm. doing and oftentimes that first draft is not perfect at all and oftentimes what i tell people is you don't need perfect you just need finished Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because now in this day and age where things are you know they're rapidly just available uh, people who are, you know, looking for perfection take years, months to get stuff out, and they're missing a shitload of stuff that's just passing by. Where people who are just spitting out stuff, like Colin Bunn, we were making, we were, we had a good laugh of that because I think like what two, three weeks ago, uh, Phil, he had like, like thirty books on his like shelf. Every book mm-hmm. was his. Yeah, <laughs> was his. So it, it's it's not about being perfect that that first time around. It's just about getting it done and then tweaking it out. And like you did, which is really smart, is just getting eyes on it. And often, you know, 
they have uh, an opinion that, or they see something that you missed or, you know, we could interject and put in and stuff like that, which is really great. And a lot, a lot of the times, two people are just, they want to hold everything that they're doing so close to the vest that they miss an opportunity to get other mm-hmm. people involved to, to move the story forward because it's like a big secret. And oftentimes, those are the people that, that haven't published anything yet. Mm. Once, once you're done with your, your, you've published your first thing, you're like, holy, sh-. it's just like having a kid. Your first kid, you're going to hold on to it. You're going to coddle it. You, nothing's going to happen. By the fourth kid, you don't give a fuck. That, that, that kid can cross the street by himself at the age of three. You just let you him play care. dirt. And, yeah, yeah, whatever. As long as they don't freaking, you know, burn down the house. You're good what to are you go. eating? Is it alive? All right, whatever. <laughs> How long what's has with? it been dead? Is that yeah. going to be okay? So, And it's like that. And oftentimes, you know, with new creators, they're treating it like this really fragile egg when they should just be like, you know what? Let's crack this sucker open and move on to the next one. Because look at even Robert Kirkman. Fucking, you guys remember uh, Battle Pope? Yeah. <laughs> Holy yes. shit. And now, and then we get to Walking Dead and we've yeah. got, you know, all this other, we got firepower now going on. So there's this journey that, you know, people oftentimes they're just afraid to take that step because what's sitting on the other side is, is criticism. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of the times, and, and this world can be really unforgiving when it comes to now the internet. So people who are hiding behind these walls of the internet can just say whatever they want without any repercussion. And that keeps a lot of creators from taking that step forward. So it's really mm-hmm. cool that you said that um, in that respect. Now, uh, now, now, Grant, uh, for your process, um, I always, I'm always fascinated. Do you do a full script? Because you said you were an artist. So I, I imagine, you know, when, you, when you're writing your script, you're, you know, you're probably giving good panel layouts, uh, you know, using your artist's eye uh, for, 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 your, for Allaire and, uh, you know, to work with. Um, but, you know, I know there's always, there's full script or there's Marvel method, right, that, that they always right. talk about. Um, are you going full script and then kind of doing back and forth with, uh, with your artist to, to tweak anything? Or do you, do you give them bare bones and let them come up with with, you know, hammer angles, what's cool call their panel angles and things like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I do full script because it's the only way I know how. Uh, that's Yeah, of course. <laughs> but every once in a while, uh, I have it in my, like in your mind's eye, you have an idea of how the panel's going to look. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll include like close up, like fisheye lens, like mm. aerial shots, stuff like that. But for the most part, I have been super blessed to work with the artists I've worked with. Like, Alaire is a godsend to SideQuest. Mm-hmm. She takes a lot of my bullshit and finds a way to streamline it and make it a lot better, uh, which I am eternally thankful for. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's, yeah. that's really hard to find people that you can trust and, uh, you know, give a script that has almost nothing in it, but then they just make it magical because there, there's that trust there. So yeah. let, let's talk about that a little bit. Be- so- be- because right. it shows that 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 symbiosis of relation of, of working relationship shows in side quest. Um, just it's it. I mean, it, this is a beautiful looking looking layout and and everything on this book. So so yeah, it's uh, you can tell that you guys work really well together. So yeah. how did you guys actually meet? It's super goofy. Like uh, <laughs> while I was working on my shit jobs, uh, like I I would make short comics as a hobby, uh, and everyone that's on this book now. Uh, aside from Stephanie Cook, who's the editor and just an amazing writer herself, uh, I'd met through <laughs> the comics collab thread on Reddit, of all places. Okay. Because uh, Alaire and I worked together on this uh, comic I wanted to do about like how science and religion will coexist in the future. And 
I really mm. liked her stuff. And she was, that was like her first or second commissioned work. So mm. we were both kind of starting off together. And then she introduced me to her, well, her, her fiance at the time, but now husband Tobin uh, to do some design work. And with our color artist, Martina Bonani, who is, I don't understand why she's not working professionally. Mm. Yeah, this like, is amazing, this stuff. She and Alaire, like as soon as side quest is over, I, I don't, I won't doubt that they'll be working on some incredibly huge stuff. I hope that they want to do more side quests if they want it. <laughs> like, Martina just brings Alaire's already amazing art to life. And Martina, I met uh, through the, the Reddit thread working on like a six page Wolverine fan comic I made. And I just remembered her colors. And eventually I thought that they, like Martina and Alaire, would work really well together as an art pairing. And thank God they did. Uh, and I'm trying to think of Oh, Brenda. Brenda, who did uh, the amazing cover designs. Like, the cover designs are something that we're all really proud of because they look like old manuals. Yes. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Brenda, I had known, she actually worked at A Vault of Midnight in uh, Grand Rapids. Oh, okay. And she is a graphic designer by trade, and her design work is amazing. She also, <laughs> because she's a Renaissance person, she does like Pokemon knitting and stuff like that. Oh. She has an Etsy store where she sells that and and as, as well as her graphic design stuff. So it's just That's like awesome. Nice That's cool. Knowing people. Yeah. All right. So then, all right, so you met these guys. Obviously, you have some kind of cohesive relationship. Now, from start to finish, let's just look at, because we actually, you know, you gave me the first three issues. We actually just read issue one. Um, I just didn't know how much time we would have. Um, and we'll talk about that because we actually both really enjoyed it. Oh, um, but from start to finish, how, how much time do you give yourself? Well, one thing that was important to me and I think is important to everyone else working on the book is that I, we don't want anyone to work for free. You know, mm. So it depends on how much money I could raise to meet their quotes before we can actually get going on things. So with my work, I, I kind of take care of the first draft and all the other planning and the stuff like that. Uh, and that could take from like a week to a month or so, depending on, mm-hmm. you know, real life stuff. Because I'm, I'm a house dad and I got kids and a dog and a wife and they all got to mm-hmm. be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that point, it goes over to Stephanie, who is, you know super busy doing her own stuff. And when she's able to get a turnaround on the, the edits, which is usually like maybe three days to a week or so, which is incredibly quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we get, get it down to a uh, second or third draft, depending on, you know, how much I suck. And then <laughs> <laughs> Alara can get a pretty quick turnaround on pages too. And thankfully, as soon as she's done, she just ships them over to Martina with a couple notes and Martina can get them done within like a, a couple days to a week. Uh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh, it could take up like two to three months, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So in this process, so we're, we're looking because for the most part, you are crowdfunding your projects, correct? Correct. So the project doesn't start. The actual project itself does not start until after the campaign is finished. Uh, for the most part, like for the the first three issues, um, we've been fortunate enough to like have some leftover capital to start working on the next issue. Nice. Like okay. That's something that we put at the end of every Kickstarter is any additional funds go to making the next one. Good. Yeah, I cool. know a lot of people do that. And I think it's important for people who've not done this process, understand that, you know, it, you don't want to take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't want people doing things for free. Oh, and, and 
people shouldn't do things for free, especially if they're really good. Yeah. So oh, I think when people are starting their crowdfunding campaigns is, you know, most of that work is not done until the campaign is done. And this is why it takes a long time. You know, we've done campaigns ourselves, but we do it from the opposite end where we won't put a campaign up until the, co the, the project is 100% complete. Wow. So everybody's already taken care of. And this mm -hmm. allows fast turnaround time. So as soon as the, com the campaign is over, rather than waiting you know, a couple of months down the road, they have to wait till just stuff gets printed. Um, oh, we're at the, and we're at the, yeah, and it's, there's different ways of doing it. So, but the most important thing is just being consistent. So especially when you're doing single floppies, it's, it's hard. So if you have a floppy and, you know, and when I'm talking a floppy, is just a, one single issue. If you're going to have to wait six months for another issue, because there's so much content out there already, it can be so easy to lose people unless you make a fan of them, like from the very get go. Yeah. Um, which, which can be quite challenging just to begin with, because we, Phil and I review comics every week, and as much as we love some of these books, you know, we both agree sometimes that a lot of these books are best read and left for, uh, for trade. So we'll leave out the next five issues, pick up the trade, because it, it just reads a lot better, as opposed to reading a month to month. Yeah, yeah that's something I wish that I would have been told before I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all good. I mean, you're coming up on issue four. All right, so let's move forward. Um, so now, we're, we're, well, let's talk about your project. So Phil and I actually got... To, to read this book. And listen, I played D&D &D growing up. Did you? Actually, no. I didn't oh, start until shit. I was in like my 30s and then I was like, this is the greatest. I wish I would have had friends to teach me how to do this. Ah, so you what, what book were you guys using? Uh, I think we, the, thankfully, I went right to, like I didn't have any experience with the other editions, so I went right to 5e. Oh, 5e, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's okay. Uh, but you know, <laughs> growing up and playing it, it like that was that was our staple. We would be up to like in the summers, we'd be up to like we break night, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I always played female characters because they got away with everything. <laughs> and I played some fashion of a cleric or something because I needed to be able to hear myself because I knew I was getting fucked up every campaign. <laughs> so and, and it's it's ironic because I don't like reading this shit. I, I don't like fantasy stuff. I don't like it at all, and I don't know why. I love role-playing it, but mm -hmm. for some reason... And, I, you know, there's a couple of things that came out recently. I mean, Grace... What was it? Grace Stone or Grace Stalk or oh, something. Oh, Castle Greyhound? Yeah, Castle Greyhound. Beautiful-looking book, mm -hmm. but I just... I couldn't get into it. And there was another one, too, that just came out recently. Uh, what, uh, what is it called? I don't think it's called Bermuda. What did you uh, read? Uh, Die? I didn't because I knew it was a role playing because it said <laughs> die on the front. But I heard it was really good. And for me, I think it's just a mindset for me. I don't know what it is that I have this mental block with it. So when I saw this and it said side quest, I literally rolled my eyes. I said, oh, don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Um, but with that being said, I found it really just a pleasant, pleasant read. A beautiful book to look at. So Alaire, whoever you got to, to draw this book, just beautiful colors yeah. really match the style of the book as well and yeah. it didn't read like a true like role-playing book because not all the lingo was there and i love that it's like for me a lot of the times when they do like these uh dnd books they try to use that sort of like dnd language yeah. and i think that's what takes me out of it and this was just straight up talk in the dialogue boxes so that's what kind of like gravitated me towards 
reading more of it. It's because I didn't have to read ye and thou and, and all this <laughs> other stuff. So thank you for doing that. And I appreciate that very much. Um, oh, hey, no problem. <laughs> yeah. So for me, honestly, just really simple, easy read. Um, that turn at the very fucking end just got great, me. great, yeah, great, great. Yeah, we, we won't ruin issue. it for you guys, yeah. but yeah, just just really solid issue from beginning, just kind of hooked you in because uh, the and and Phil and I always talk about this. The hardest thing with an issue one is that you're you're world building along with character building, and when you have a group of characters that you're introducing, to me that's a little bit more challenging because one you have to you know separate their personalities. You're throwing them into a situation where we don't know what the hell is going on. And you're going to be throwing names back and forth. And whether or not they're going to be easy to remember and, and you know, are you going to be involving more characters? It, it, there's just a clusterfuck of things that can happen that can take you out of the story. And for me, honestly, I, it was, I was able to follow really easy. And I think what you did really clever is you put these little moments of situations that arose and you broke it up that way. I don't know if he did that on purpose. So there was sort of like a closed curtain in this scene, and mm -hmm. then we move on to the next scene, and then we move on to the next scene. And, and in each scene, there was sort of its own thing happening that allowed me to ingest the entire story as a yeah. whole a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So if you did that on purpose, kudos to you. If it did it by accident, just, <laughs> just keep fucking doing it and take credit for it. <laughs> I, I also, one of the things I also liked in going back after, you know, getting to the ending of that first issue and then going back and rereading, um, all these little subtle clues that, that are, that are throughout the main, you know, story, uh, bringing you to that, that ending of the first issue, uh, that you kind of do set it up very subtly, uh, as to what's going on. And I think some of that is the language. Uh, some of that is Darek's frustration. He expresses his frustration. Um, so I love the twist on his name. It's just really, hilarious. Really nice, like, uh, foreshadowing throughout the book to bring you right to that ending where you're, you know, where it, it, it doesn't blindside you. It like, it fits perfectly and it makes a lot of sense. So a great job on that too. Just setting that up. Okay. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. So one more thing that I really hate and you just need to know this is <laughs> <Yeah>. anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic <laughs> characters. I hate talking animals and they were in here everywhere, <laughs> but it worked. It worked. It worked really, really well. So, all right. So then let's, let's talk about, so why don't you give us the, the lowdown on SideQuest, let people know what this book is about um, and, and how it came to be. Well, it's the more that I've thought about it, the more I realized I just wrote a book for, for millennial 30-year-olds. Mm. Uh, and I just uh, it's about tackling escapism and how that impacts, you know, the ripple effect escapism has on the rest of your life mm -hmm. and how that impacts your relationships and how that can impact yourself. And I... This is going to sound super gloomy, but I, I wanted to examine, you know, the anxiousness that, that we all feel and tackling things of identity and trauma and all these other things. And, you know, I, I, but I also wanted to make it seem like you're playing Dungeons and Dragons with a group of friends. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it came across really well. You did it, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the coloring in here, the wearmen, oh my God. I, like, there's so many wonderful <laughs> things. That's a great concept, about dude. That's this. a great hug, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and one of the things that I really like is I love stories within stories. So having the, the turtle bard being yep. able to do that story within is sort of sort of like this break in the middle of the book. 
was really fantastic. The tale and, of Barca, yeah, very cool stuff there, and and I imagine that that goes somewhere in the in the later issues. So yes, well, it was kind of Doctor Seuss, but it was great. <laughs> no, but so for me, I'm always looking for things that are unique, and if you're looking at reading a story. And then, you know, you pick it up and then you just put it down and you've walked away not feeling anything that or not learning something. And, and I'm looking at it from a couple of lenses, right? I'm looking at it from a person who appreciates the medium. I'm looking at it from a creative perspective because I do write and I do draw as well. So I'm looking for things that, you know, I've not seen before or, you know, not, you know, read before. And in that particular scene for me was, you know, he's telling the tale of Barca. But then it's everyone's reaction to the story being told. And it almost felt like I wasn't reading anymore, but watching that scene in a movie, mm. which was really, really fucking cool. Because I'm hardly ever taken out of the medium and put into another one when my imagination just rolls. And we know that the gutters in between are where we fill in, you know, from one panel to the next. And for that, I, and I don't know why, for just some reason, maybe it was the LSD I was on or whatever it was, <laughs> um, but that panel, it stood out to me and, and just like the art in that, those particular panels of those people reacting to the story being told was really on point. So, you know, give that person a raise for sure. And I also like, love, okay. oh, sorry, I was just going to say, that's all Alaire and Martina. Like the the emotions they were able to pull out, just from the 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 audience alone, is just incredible. Yeah, really really cool. Go ahead. I, I Go. love with the tale of Barca also that you have this really dark tale, this really dark ballad that is sung, uh, just for the payoff of getting the the sweet kiss from the barmaid. Uh, is a great little character trait, and how everybody celebrates that at the end after this very heavy dark tale I thought was a really nice moment uh, and a great character moment among a lot of great character moments in this and one of the things I really loved that you had done with this uh, this this cast of characters uh, the camaraderie between uh, between these 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 five uh, characters uh, you know in side quests um, are great these are characters that really care about each other uh, they know each other very well um, and it just it feels very real in this fantasy world uh, just how these five connect and I think that that's a great job uh, as well and really helped pull me into this this story too yeah uh, so uh, yeah quick question so I can almost guess all the characters identities mm -hmm. but the main character what is what is he oh Derek? yeah oh, oh like his class his class yes <laughs> this is this is you gotta talk in nerd terms for me man sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> me too because because um, I, I i didn't play role-playing games i loved reading source books but i never played role-playing games oh, really? so, yeah uh, you suck phil yeah <laughs> but I love I love reading source books. I love like the all the material uh, that goes with it. I just never played role playing games. Never got into it. Uh, so yeah, for me too. Explain you know class. <laughs> oh yeah. So with the the whole gang, everyone serves a purpose except kind of, kind of Derek. Like I imagine that all the like Tareen, Uhak, Yilin, and Graken, they all have they're like level seven at whatever their classes. Wizard, right. Rogue, and, and Fighter. And with mm -hmm. Derek, I just pictured him as like a level three fighter. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, because that, that beginning scene. It shows, you, know, yeah. it, you know what's funny is because it, it took me back to a campaign that we actually did. And we were like level one nobodies. We were nothing. 
And <laughs> we walked into a town, and, and we knew who it was. It was fucking Conan walks into the town. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm a level one nobody. I'm just going to go pick a fight with this motherfucker and see Dude. what happens. <laughs> Dude, I was done in like less than two seconds. I was out, done. I didn't gain any XP. I was just... <laughs> I was dead. <laughs> and so reading it, I just started laughing because it brought back. And so what's so what's really cool about this is because it's not so heavy, like D&D language, but if you played it, it allows you that space to say, okay, you know what? I did a fucking campaign that's, <laughs> that, that had this in it. And I just started laughing out of nowhere. And my daughter's looking at me. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm just reading this thing. Don't worry about it. Leave me alone. <laughs> And it just allowed me to go back to that to that space where we had that campaign, which was really great. Because he's, I mean, this guy's. First of all, one, he's gonna he's gonna have a Napoleon complex because he's so short. <laughs> and then he picks the biggest guy, the the biggest guy in the town to to pick a fight with, which is absolutely hilarious. And the, and the constant repetition of the what is it, Triceratops, the 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 healer, oh, the dragon. Yeah, oh, the dragon. There you go. Uh, that has to constantly heal him. <laughs> It's just funny to me. Um, all right, so yeah, so we really enjoy SideQuest. Uh, you've got issue four coming out now, or coming out in January on Kickstarter, yes? That is correct. We are gearing up for that, and it's kind of, it's irritating because four is going to answer, like, all these questions we've been building up to. Mm. So, like, this, we can't show sample pages. Which oh. are like from the previous three issues and put those on the Kickstarter page, and it's frustrating, and we're asking for a lot of trust, but... yeah. Yeah, we yeah. think it's going to be a really enjoyable issue. Okay. Well, no. I, I, yeah. So Phil and I are definitely going to read the other two issues. Uh, every Friday we have, you know, our new uh, uh, indie comic review. So we're definitely going to throw it up on, on Friday's review as well and, and give people a taste of, of what we think about those mm -hmm. coming issues. Um, and then your Kickstarter, um, you sent, or you will send me the link because I definitely oh, will absolutely. post that as well uh, on our site and um, in the notes. That way people can help uh, support this project. Because you guys, even if you don't like D&D, like, or if you don't like reading D&D stuff and you hate anthropomorphic stuff like I do, you're still going to enjoy this story. Like, there, seriously. Like, yeah. Like, I would tell you, like, I would be like, all right, you know what? I appreciate everything you did in here, but it's not for me. I appreciate everything you did in here, and I will continue to read this because that, that twist at the end and, you know, from the art to the storytelling just kind of hooked me in, which was really great. Is uh, is SideQuest planned as a four issue, or do you do you want to go beyond the four issues? And if it uh, oh. and 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 uh, the uh, follow up too is um, when the four issues are done, is there a plan to at least collect the four in a in a trade paperback? We're actually going to be five issues uh, in this art. Cool, so cool good. Four is gonna gonna answer a lot of questions. Issue that you know a lot of shit needs to be settled. Uh, cool. After that, we've got some plans for how we want to proceed. Um, and I can't go too far into what's coming next for SideQuest because I'm not at liberty to say. Ah, uh, that actually sounds awesome. And <laughs> in, in, in not giving awesome. any information. But that's that, because that, you know, in my head, I thought, you know, there's there's room for this uh, beyond beyond just uh, an initial series as a comic book. And I'm not going to say any more, but that's that that gives me hope because this is some really nice stuff you put out here, man. Cool. Now, so then so you've got four, you got five issues planned, uh, possibly the trade. Everything's been crowdfunding so far. So pretty much just self-published. Are, are there plans to get it published, published with a publisher? Uh 
I am not at liberty to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. All good. Uh, all right, cool. So, all right. So then we're, we're getting towards the end. So we definitely recommend this book for you guys. Um, Scott, is there anything that you can think of as far as somebody who's up and coming, looking to get into this, wants to create, whether they're a writer, they're an artist, you know, an anchor and editor, you know, what advice do you have for them? Well, geez. Uh, well, unfortunately, my advice is get ready to eat shit right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yum, it's, yum. It sucks, but like, honest to God, no one is going to be perfect coming in. And that was something that I had to learn and something that everyone has to learn. Malcolm Gladwell said you need like, what, 10,000 hours to be a man? Mm. Yep. Yep. But shit, like hours one through five, so much shit you just have to swallow down. And it sucks, but it's repetitions. And you got to learn what works and learn what doesn't work. And you have to learn how to ask for help, which is, I fucking hated doing that. I, but, you know, you, you, need, you need to improve. And if you really want to get better, you have to eat shit and ask for help. Mm. Yeah. No, no I, I agree. Everybody has to put in the hard yards and, and put in the time if they want to see themselves grow. Um, and I think in, 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 you know, a lot of industries, there is a lot of competition. This industry, there absolutely is a lot of competition. But there's also a lot of camaraderie as well. And, you know, asking for help in this particular medium and industry, I think, is a lot easier than, than others. A lot oh, of the times, yeah. it's just our own pride that gets in the way um in regards to this so yeah I'm, I'm there with you but i definitely ask for help all the time because there these people uh, this community is, is such a nurturing and helping community and i love being part of this meeting because of that it's one of these things where you know you can be down on yourself uh and somebody just comes in and they just light up your life because they can see something that you don't and just put you back onto the right path and the direction that you need to be in so yeah uh phil do you have anything else Oh, I think we lost Phil. Oh, no. He fell off the planet. Oh, that's all right. All right. So um, that's all good. So, guys, listen, there's going to be a whole bunch of um, notes um, in the notes section with uh, Grant's information, his website, uh, his social media account as well. So uh, just make sure you visit um, the notes and we'll, we'll put something up on the website as well. Um, I'd love for you to send me the link when it does go live uh, for your Kickstarter because we definitely love to to push this out there, promote that. Uh, where can they get the first three issues now? Uh, they are only Kickstarter exclusive currently, which which kind of stinks, but that, that ties uh, into something that we that have into that. Got you. Okay. So then, all right, so that's fine. So then Kickstarter's or campaign's already passed. So with the fourth Kickstarter that's coming up, would they be able to purchase previous issues? Oh, yeah. That's, that's one of the things that we really wanted to have available is just the previous issues as add-ons. Okay. Uh, and we're also doing digital issues, too, if, if Folks don't have a lot of money right now, and if they just want to get the digital issues, they can. We've all got right. digital catch-up bundles and all that stuff, too. Sweet. That sounds fantastic. So it sounds like you got um, all your ducks in order. So watch out for that, guys. That's going to be on January 4th. Uh, Grant, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I wish you much success with uh, SideQuest. Uh, really awesome stuff that you got going on there. And I'd love to have you back, I guess, when your Kickstarter launches, and maybe we could talk a little bit more. Oh, hell yeah, man. This is a blast. All right, wonderful. I, I appreciate that. All right, guys, um, as always, you guys have been amazing. Uh, make sure you visit AmazingActionComics.com. See what we got going on. Everybody that did support Red Hyena, your rewards are going out shortly. Everything already went to print, so we're really excited about that. And we have upcoming stuff for the first quarter 
of 2022. So until next time, be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing. Amazing.